Hey everyone, it's Alex from the Whiskey Geeks and the WhiskeyGeeks.com, and I've got a uh, special neck pour session that also involves uh, saying goodbye to something very dear to me. So, as you can see in front of me, I have got the Octomore from Brewacladic, and I've been hanging on to the 6.1 for quite a while, and we've got a bottle kill here. Fatality. Waiting to pour out the very last dram of this one. Uh, not much left in here. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting until I could replace the bottle. So I'm happy to say that I have a newly acquired 11.1 version that uh, my father had uh, shipped from Craft Cellars which is a great store out in uh, Calgary. So this just arrived here uh, a couple days ago and we're gonna crack this bad boy and do a little comparison. So uh, we're gonna let this one breathe for a little bit after we crack the, uh, the bottle here just because this is a super heavily peated uh, scotch. Uh, this one, the 11.1 is coming in at 139.6 ppm, which is really quite high. Most Isla whiskeys are in around the 40, uh, 30 to 40 on the ppm scale. The 6.1 that I had was 167. And if I actually, hold on a second here. My dad actually also brought up his 11.3. And having a look at this one, this one comes in at 194 ppm. So just for sake of showing off, uh, the 11.3 is made with the locally sourced barley that is on the Brewaclotic uh, distillery just up the road. So this is actually a very special uh, reserve bottle uh, limited to, what's it say here, 18,000 bottles in production. So. This one uh, comes in the nice clear glass bottle. Uh, this one obviously in the complete uh, black, so you can't even see what's inside, which is why I wasn't quite sure how much of the six one I actually had left. And I was shaking the bottle, I couldn't really hear anything. So I'm happy to say that I did get a full, like a, well, maybe a tasting portion out of that one. So we're gonna go ahead and pour this 11.1. See what this is like by comparison. Now, I am gonna let this one breathe, so I'm just gonna have a have a sniff here. Actually, it's really not uh, it's not as overpowering on the nose, uh, peat wise, as the 6.1. Yeah, the the 6.1 is actually quite um, it's quite smokier on the on the nose, and I've just from off camera been past a bit of the 11.3 and actually very very similar to the 11.1 it's not uh, it's not blowing me away on on the nose actually for being all the way up at 194 um, I'm actually quite surprised at how um, light and fragrant this is uh, so like I said uh, just because these are fresh neck pours I'm just gonna pause a minute um, We'll probably put a little clock uh, in here on the countdown and I'll be back in just a little minute and we'll do the tasting. Okay, cheers. And welcome back. So we've let these sit for about 10 minutes and I'll admit 
my nose was stuffed in here pretty much the entire time. And it's, like I said on that first one, it's not as overpowering as, um, as I was expecting. The, actually the uh, 6.1 is much smokier on the nose. Uh, this one, there's some, there's some nice sweetness actually coming through. Um, it's really rather complex. There is some vanilla that comes through. I mean, of course you're getting the, um, like the ashy smoke fire that, um, that Octomore is known for with, uh, like a bit of iodine as well. And there is, like there's, There's a bit of a like a smoked, smoked honeyed honeyed bacon um, in there as well. Just I mean, you've really got to get your nose in there and take a big haul, which is a little tough when it's coming in at 59%. It, uh, it certainly tickles the uh, the nose as you're as you're taking a deep deep sniff. But so you can definitely feel the full cast strength like immediately on the tongue, you, you do get those spicy oak notes that just sit right down. It's quite smooth actually though for, for coming in at 59%. It's, uh, I mean, it would definitely open up with adding a bit of water to it, which I, I generally don't do. Uh, that being said, because I now have a, a brand new bottle of this, I, I might experiment uh, a little bit with that. Uh, coming back to the nose, actually, now that I've had had a sip, I'm actually getting a bit more of the um, like the the C notes, the iodine, and then a bit more of that uh, like sort of that ashy oak um, notes as well that are coming through. Just a little bit more now that I've got it on the on the palate, but I must say I'm very excited that I've got a. Uh, brand new bottle of this to replace the other one. Um, I mean, the other one was a 6.1. We're all the way up to 11. So you know how long I've had that other bottle sitting on the shelf and how remiss I was to uh, finish off this last dram. So uh, I'm just quickly going to give a rinse here before I have a little bit of the 11.3. Now, um, like I said, this one is coming in slightly higher so the ABV on this is 61.7 and this one is coming at 194 ppm so uh, about 60 points higher on uh, for per ppm for the um, how peaty it is and let's have a let's now this one's almost a little bit more floral on the nose but then you still like you still do get those strong notes of the um, the iodine as well. Now I actually think this one is a little bit smoother than the than the eleven point one, even though it's got a, a higher ABV. I don't feel the the same spiciness that that hits the tongue right away on that first first taste. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm really trying to see if I can tell the difference in the grain. Well, the 11.1, the it is 100% Scottish barley that they're using. 
um, the 11.3 is actually 100% uh, local to Brew Aquatic, um, local to their distillery. Comes from a very like specific farmer that's like just down the road. I'm gonna uh, go off screen for a quick sec to the Whiskey Dad. James Brown. James Brown's farm. Um, thank you very much. Um, so it's actually a hundred percent sourced from there and what they're doing is they're trying to do some experimentation with the terroir Which is something that's uh, been a bit done a bit more when it comes to wines with specific vineyards and grapes and The notes that they're pulling out of the soil that's being used and Brucladics really they're starting to push the envelope a little bit there and experimenting with that and you know really locally sourced barley and seeing if that um, What type of different influences they can bring into the bottle? If you uh, haven't read the article that uh, that we're putting up onto the site is like how do distilleries create flavor? Uh, head on over to the website www.thewhiskeygeeks.com. Uh, we're putting a article up in about um, in three parts, um, and we go from everywhere from the grain all the way through to time spent in the barrel. Um, and we so we do look at grain, dip the different grains, but then also um, things like locally sourced and different grains from different regions and how that can influence the the character that comes into your glass. Well, I got to say this is uh, very very nice. You can I would say this one's a little bit maltier than the 11.1. Um, generally the characteristics are, I mean, they're very similar. They're, they're going after the same flavor profiles in general. So you are getting that, um, the smoky, like the smoky ash after a campfire with notes of, um, like there are notes of vanilla and almost, uh, like burnt brown sugars. Um, going back to the nose on the 11.3. Once again, it's uh, I'm pulling out more of the the iodine uh, in the nose as I go back. So I mean, I'm going to pretty much spend the rest of my evening with my nose crammed into one of these Glencairn glasses and just sniffing. Um, really excited to have uh, my one of my favorite whiskeys back in my collection, and I will be saying goodbye to the 6.1 tonight. Uh, it's been a heck of a ride with this one and I'm excited to uh, explore the 11.1 as we get past this neck pour. So hopefully uh, you all enjoy this and remember, Scotch and Stories, they belong together. Cheers.